Welcome to the AMU Performance Podcast, a show dedicated to improving sport performance. My name is Jordan Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh Fisher. Each week, we bring you real, tangible advice to help you elevate your performance. We take a look under the hood and decode the physical and psychological aspects of greatness. Let's get it. Do you want to do the intro, or you want me to do it? What is it? It's episode... 12 episode 12 mm-hmm. okay but if it sucks i'm gonna do it okay go you just do it no i want you to do it <laughs> you do it no you, you do, do it, it. Mess, you want to do it no <laughs> okay i'm gonna do it ladies and gentlemen welcome back to episode 12 of the amu performance podcast today we have an awesome an epic the one and only the legendary miss madison whisper herself madison <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it's going good, but how did you say my last name? <laughs> I said Whitver. Is that correct? I guess, yeah. But it, with or a hash- V, not an F. Or hashtag witty. <laughs> hashtag witty. witty. That's the way to go. Witty. We were balling yesterday, and that's your nickname. Witty. It is. Okay, oh, Josh is here, too. Jordan just likes to forget about <laughs> me when we got guests on. Oh, but. yeah. All right, yeah. I guess Josh is over in the corner, I guess. <laughs> um, so, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, for those of you that don't know Madison, um, she is one of our classmates, one of our colleagues, uh, someone that we've got to know really well over the last year and a half or so now. I suppose, no, it's probably been about a year now mm-hmm. um, through our program. And so we've gotten the chance, both Josh and I, to get to uh, know Madison super, super well uh, through our program. But then we also had the opportunity – to work with Madison this summer. Um, so the three of us got to do some work with a, a college team uh, in the Minnesota area, uh, and I will be that general with that description. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a pleasure working with Madison. And I suppose today, we, Madison, we got you on the podcast. You're going to shed some wisdom on us, kind of what we learned uh, this summer, what we took away from that, what your life story is, what your biggest, darkest, deepest secrets are. Um, yeah, we'll probably just go from there. Mm-hmm. So Josh, you want to add anything? Madison, you want to add no, anything? I think we should yeah, let's just start with intros. Who are you? <laughs> you know, where are you from? How'd you get here? Tell us everything. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so as Jordan kindly pointed out, my name is Madison Whitver. I am from Glidden, Iowa. So if anyone doesn't know where Iowa is, it is in the Midwest, <laughs> right under Minnesota. Not a lot of people go there. It's just cornfields. Um, I came here from my undergrad from in Missouri, which is even lesser known than Iowa. So that's always a good time. I majored in psychology, minored in sports psych, and now I'm here getting a double master's in sport and exercise psychology and mental health counseling as well. As for the deepest, darkest secrets, we'll see how far this goes. <laughs> we might need to have a few beers to get to that point. <laughs> we might not. Right? I yeah. like that you threw in the even less important Missouri, because if you give me a map right now, I don't think I could point out where Missouri is, if I'm being completely honest. I don't it's think Kansas I could. City, and that's it. I don't, yeah, I don't think I could. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, Wow, I was just going to say something somewhat intelligent, but then Josh said that, and now my brain just farted out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that was good. I like that a lot. So, Madison, you grew up in Iowa, lived in Missouri for a little bit, going to college, and now you're here at Mankato. So, Mankato, what drew you to Mankato? Let's start with that. Yeah, so I was actually between Mankato and Springfield College, which is in Massachusetts, um, really the thing that drew me to Mankato is the appliedness of the program, just being able to mm. work with athletes during our first year. And Springfield was more uh, research-based, which I am not the biggest research and or statistics fan out there. Mm-hmm. And so I was like all about the applied and just ready to get my hands uh, dirty, as they say. Nice. <laughs> I like it. 
So basically wanting the more of the applied aspect, less of the research aspect, as we think about the field of sports psychology. Those are kind of, I guess, yeah. the two facets to it, right? The research mm-hmm. and then the applied. I suppose that goes for all fields of psychology mm-hmm. to some extent. Well, yeah, okay. So that's how I are in Mankato and on Massachusetts. But sports psychology, not many people know what it is. It's still growing. How did you find out what sports psychology was? Why are you going to school for sports psychology? And obviously you added in the mental health counseling as well. <laughs> so uh, give us some backstory on that, I suppose. We got to throw in one more yeah. thing too on that. So Madison it's... is currently doing the mental health counseling, the sports psych program, and she's a TA teaching for, or TAing for what? How many classes? Three classes? Three classes right now. With like a buttload of people. So she's, <laughs> she's the ultimate definition of an ass kicker when it comes to time management and just getting shit done. Total so grinder. If uh, you're listening to this, you need to send some praise towards madison because mm-hmm. she does it all which is super super good um anyway so yeah life story keep going what josh said <laughs> okay yeah so my origin <laughs> sports psychology story so i've always wanted to be a counselor i've always been kind of that friend that was like helping people i'd be like tell me your problem so i don't have to deal with mine kind of thing sure. <laughs> on the dl <laughs> um but no i was actually watching the 2016 olympics so it was kind of around going into my junior um junior slash senior year of uh high school And I was watching the swim team and all of a sudden they were talking about the sports psychologist on the team that was there to kind of support them. And my mom was like, hey, Madison, how about you think about sports psychology instead of just being a regular counselor? And I was like, you know what? I enjoy sports. I played a lot growing up in Iowa. I had the chances to. Um, So I looked into it more and I was like, hell, this is something (laughs) that I could (laughs) get along with. Not only am I kind of in that counselor role, kind Mm -hmm. not really, but... We know how it goes. Um, But I'm also working with athletes who I love to spend time with. I love the competitiveness of the athletic world. And so that's kind of how I got started on there. Um, And then also my undergrad actually had a master's program in sports psychology. Um, When I went there as a freshman, they got rid of it when I was supposed to graduate. So, (laughs) But that's kind of my origin story within this field, kind of figuring out what it was and how I wanted to impact it. Nice. Blessing in disguise. That's why you're in Mankato, though. It is. It's that's a, why yep, we're here. You're right. The connectedness that's of it all. That's why we're here. And that's the other cool thing, too, that maybe we could preface a little bit that maybe for people that are more unfamiliar with the field of sports psychology, kind of more specifically the difference between a mental health counselor mm-hmm. and more of like a uh, certified mental performance consultant, right? And so Madison has her background or is going to have her background in mental health counseling in addition to a, a master's degree in sport and exercise psychology. And so basically, and Madison, you just stop me at any point here mm-hmm. if I'm off base, but basically you'll have um, the professional credentials and the training and the, the ethical qualifications to work with athletes on more mental health, like clinical type of issues, right? So if I'm, is yep. that correct? So after the mental health counseling program, I'll get be able to get my licensure in my LPC which is kind of like the training ground for mental health counseling and through that I can become an LPCC and that's when you can do diagnoses and everything on your own without supervision so I'll be able to work on both sides since I'm hoping to get my um, sports psychology certificate which is the CMPC I think you guys Mm -hmm. discussed that in your very first episode Um, so I'll be able to do both of the roles so is the goal then to get that LPCC Yes. And then how would you, how do you think you would kind of implement your sports psychology and your CMPC background into that then? Yep. So right now, um, I'm really, my dream goal is to become like kind of an athletic counselor for a D1, D2, D3 school. And so I would be hired through the counseling um, 
center on that campus, but I would work specifically with student athletes. Okay. So they hire for the mental health side of it, but also I could do teaching mental skills to perhaps a team that I don't work with or haven't seen athletes from. Gotcha. I like that a lot. And that's something that Josh and I couldn't do or wouldn't do is mm-hmm. talk about more of the mental health kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. as of right now, Josh and I are not planning on going for a mental health background degree in some capacity, whether it's like obviously a master's degree or a, uh, a doctorate in some capacity. So kudos to you for taking that on. Cause I just know like for me personally, that's just, it's a, it's a different route. It's a different realm. Um, you, you're working with different issues and it takes a special personality and a special person to kind of work in that, that, that field, that specific area. So kudos to you. Cause we need people like that in our world. So, Oh yes. Yeah, my supervisor called us all weirdos during orientation because it takes that special kind of person. I'm like, you know what? That's a that's a fit description for my family that's listening. They'll laugh. Your supervisor and your mental health yeah. program? Oh, yep. Really? She was like, yeah, you can, we're all kind of weirdos in this field because who wants to take on other people's pain? And I was like, you know what? That's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> Write that's it down. A, wow, that <laughs> is a one-liner right I know. There. That gets you inspired. <laughs> we have plenty of one-liners, and I'm only in my first year of that program. So I like it. I like it. I like it. So basically, you've got... The remainder of this year, so 2021 to 2022, and then you'll mm-hmm. have a year after that. So you've got two years left, basically, until you're out of the program and yep. rocking and rolling. And, and we'll be like officially that. done with the mental health counseling program in July of 2023, but I'll walk in the March spring. or whatever. I see. Yeah, yeah, the springtime. Yep. Really. Okay, nice. Very, very nice. Um, so I guess one of the, the shared experiences that, that all three of us had or have is our... Um, the, the opportunity that we shared this summer to kind of work together in some capacity. So we got to work with a college team here in Minnesota uh, and lead some sessions, uh, both individually and as teams. Um, so maybe we could just talk about that a little bit, what were kind of our big takeaways from this summer? Um, what did we learn? What did we wish we would have learned? What were some challenges? What was the best thing? What was, yeah, I'd say, yeah, anything under, anything and everything under the sun. Who wants to start? Josh, let's grill okay. you with some questions. All right. What's the question? What, what are, where are we starting? I know. Uh, let's just say, generally speaking, your experience this summer. Um, how, how, how would you describe it? What, mm-hmm. what went well? Well, okay. So, obviously, it was, I think we all experienced some difficulty, much like everybody else. Everything was over Zoom for the most part. That obviously created some challenges, but we still got to know some athletes, have some fun, make, build some good relationships. Obviously, us three got to work together a lot. And I guess, speaking for myself, I can say that our personalities bounce off each other pretty well. Lots of, uh, you know, talking some shit here and there, giving each other crap. Um, I got hated on for my dad jokes a lot in sessions. Uh, they, I was told I was cringy at some points, which I disagreed with. But uh, Cringy's good. Sometimes it's good, yes. Um, our TikTok. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know Madison, if you haven't been able to tell, she's very brings a lot of energy, very social. I've never met someone in my life that can stop a stranger on the street and have a 10 minute conversation with them like that uh but she's also got some creativity in her so i wanted her to i was hoping you could explain your one tool that you came up with for naming your inner critic and just kind of explaining the uses behind it Mm kind of like how you do it and what why it's important how it can help because i thought that was super cool i know the athletes thought it was it was funny, but it was also applicable. So mm-hmm. uh, could you just give some background on that? Yeah, first I want to point out the, the emphasis on the one material <laughs> that I created. <laughs> like I was just out here doing okay, one that was thing. unintentional. Right. Okay. Unintentional. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that too. Anyways. I was going to call. I, don't worry, man. I was okay, back thanks, Jordan. Josh had like one or two materials, but I'm pretty sure you had like 30 or 40. Oh, so. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my material folder is Ganging huge. up on me. Okay. <laughs> but all right. So kind of back to the material that Josh is referring to. Um, it's kind of a combination 
of a different things that we I had learned or read over the last this fall semester um, going into the internship. Uh, so first off, we start out with naming our critic. And so this is what I took from, I forget his name now, but he's a sports psychologist for actors. And it's just supposed to, you're supposed to name kind of that negative voice you hear. So you disassociate it from yourself. It separates it and you're able to hear kind of when that negativity is talking more than just kind of accepting it because it's in your own voice. And so for instance, my name is Francesca because when I hear Francesca, I'll laugh and I'm like, I can't, I will not take Francesca name seriously, but if there's a Francesca listening to this, I will take you seriously and I apologize. Um, And then we kind of move into writing down the common, like unproductive or negative thoughts. And we want to write those down so we kind of gain awareness of when they're happening, what occurs when they happen, and how we talk to ourselves. And after that, we kind of move into countering and disputing, which is what we talk about normally within sports psychology context. We want to dispute these negative or unproductive thoughts with evidence and logic. So we're pointing out that we can do whatever we're telling ourselves we can't do. Um, And then we move into calling our critic out. Basically, we're telling Francesca that she needs to shut up. (laughs) <laughs> maybe in a less a PG um, yeah. version, but you just say like, Francesca, you're wrong because, and then you list out the evidence. So you're gaining that confidence, you're regaining that motivation in yourself. And then finally, you write down kind of a productive self-talk statement that you can replace um, what Francesca is telling you or what your critic is telling you. So you can do like an I am statement, like I am confident or I am badass just because mm-hmm. I wanted to swear on the podcast. There you go. I like it. <laughs> So when we were talking about this, um, either in a more of a team ses- team setting or even just like individually outside of a consulting environment, um, we've had this conversation. But uh, so I've, I've gone through this with Madison and my, my, I guess, name is a little bit more aggressive. I just say, <laughs> I just usually say little bitch. So when I'm competing, whatever that may be, let's say I'm playing Josh in a game of basketball and kicking his ass and I'm maybe not doing as well as I usually do, not throwing down dunks and stuff, just feeling a little sore for the day. (laughs) Um, Maybe let's say negative thought comes through my head. Maybe it's, Jordan, you're a shitty basketball player. You can't dribble, you can't shoot. And my dad or my brother would probably say that's true to begin (laughs) with. But anyway, I'm I'm besides the point. So, right, going through that process of saying, hey, little bitch, stop being a little bitch and kind of calling him out and then disputing that, that, logic with or that thought with logic and reason right Mm -hmm. and so as we kind of think about this mass would you say this is something that happens when we're in the middle of competition or is this something that kind of happens when we have time to sit down and reflect or even like proactively sit down and kind of Mm -hmm. think ahead to the future one of you found it to be most beneficial and one of you kind of used it with athletes is it one of those things in the moment or one of those things like kind of before and after competition that we kind of utilize that process i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna say it's all three Okay. So just like <clears throat> any sort of mental mental skill, we have to start out with figuring out how we're going to use it. So I like introducing this to whether it's my individuals or I'm actually introducing it to a team here tomorrow. I want them to introduce it and start thinking about it even before practice or before a game. Hmm. Just kind of get into the habit of calling out our critic, naming them, and trying to transition that into a productive statement. And then once you get used to doing that either before or after a game – you can start using it in the mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a 30-second timeout, and you're just like, Francesca, shut the fuck up <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you can just kind of, as most skills, it 
becomes easier or more natural that you can use it in games once you kind of have that practice utilizing it outside of kind of your mm-hmm. arena. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose one of the important things too that you said is after, you know, identifying the critic, silencing the critic, replacing it with something more mm-hmm. productive, right? So talking about kind of those statements that we can tell ourselves, what are those, those, I guess it's technically an affirmation statement. I'm not a big fan fan of the word affirmation just because <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it sounds a little bit wishy-washy but kind of what's more of our what's that thing that we can tell ourselves to kind of help help refocus ourselves in that mm-hmm. situation so if we're a basketball player what do i need to refocus on if i'm a football player if my volleyball player if my soccer player what is it when i have these negative thoughts identify it flush it away now what's my refocus point mm-hmm. what's that thing that i kind of tell myself so i like that i like that mm-hmm. a lot josh would you add anything to that um i guess just for application just like as an example here jordan your example Mm -hmm. uh i mean i've played you in basketball normally when i play defense on you i'm just standing in the paint because i don't think you can shoot there it is (laughs) haven't haven't proved me wrong yet (laughs) but uh so if you're sitting there you're missing jump shots like you said and you got you know i'm just not a good shooter that thought comes in your head yeah and then you count like you confront your critic but then we talk about disputing so can you just give like what's an example of something you might use to dispute that so i think a lot of that comes down to individually the athlete and or individually the consultant in terms of what philosophy you kind of maybe drift towards a little bit. And so kind of what Madison is describing is more of like a cognitive behavioral type of approach, right? Where you're identifying thoughts um, and then choosing to dispute them with logic and reason and replace them with something else. Um, One of the things that I've found beneficial as well. So I I feel like personally, I I fall into more of that CBT approach. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also think there's a lot of really good stuff in kind of the mindfulness-based acceptance approach as well. And I don't necessarily think they have to live independently of each other. I think there's a way to blend those two. And so this is a conversation 100%. philosophically that the three of us have had before, right? <laughs> um, and kind of how to blend those three. And so basically one of the best things that I've found um, in terms of whether you want to call it disputing or whatever whatever you want to call it in terms of like what's the next step, right, is just going through – I guess like three words that I like to, to use. It's called notice, accept, release, right? Notice, accept, release. And that's something where you basically notice the thought that you're having, whatever that may be, maybe in this case, a, a negative thought, I'm a shitty shooter and accepting that thought, right? And so what accepting kind of means is when we have this thought, not judging it for what it is. So that thought comes into your mind, just accepting like, okay, I'm having this thought. It's normal to have this thought because I'm missing baskets and I'm not going to get mad or upset with myself for having this thought, right? Mm-hmm. So we notice it, we accept it, and the last step is just to release it. And that release point is more of just kind of a, a byproduct of non-judgmentally accepting it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we go through the process, I'm shooting the ball, not having very much success. Maybe I start engaging in these negative thoughts. I'm going to notice the thought, I'm going to accept the thought, and I'm going to release the thought. And then after that point, again, it comes back, for me personally, I think like it comes back to refocusing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Notice, accept, release, notice, accept, release, notice, accept, release. What's my refocus point? Okay, as shooting it, maybe I need to focus externally on uh, the front of the rim. Maybe I'm just too flustered because Josh is playing really good defense, <laughs> or maybe he's not playing any defense at all, and I'm just all <laughs> flustered by that fact too. And uh, I need to figure out where my refocus point is, right? And so that's applicable to basketball, but it's also applicable to almost any other mm-hmm. sport or performance, you know, occupation under the sun, right? So mm-hmm. whether you're, uh, I don't know, take any other sport. Let's take volleyball, for example, right? Maybe you're the, I'm going to butcher this because I butchered last time. Is it Labero or Lumbero? Libero. Libero. No M. Okay. No M. <laughs> no M in it. So Libero, right? Maybe you're serving and you just keep putting it into the net for whatever reason. Again, engage in that negative self-talk. I'm shitty at serving, serving the volleyball. Well, okay, how can we notice the thought, accept the thought, release the thought? What's my refocus point? Okay, I need to focus on this point on the court. I need to focus at this point on the net. Maybe I need to focus two feet above the net because that's where I want the ball to exactly fly as I'm serving through the air. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not an aficionado when it comes to volleyball, <laughs> so I don't know what the best 
refocus point would be in that specific sport. Um, but nonetheless, I still think it stands um, as kind of a way or a process to kind of work through those negative thoughts. So long-winded answer for answering. That's how I would dispute a thought. Got it. If Love it. it came through. So any other thoughts with that? I think that's good on, I guess, that, you know, naming your inner critic and all that. Uh, I mean, you kind of put me on the spot. Any other takeaways from the summer, either of you? Good, the highs, the lows? You want to go, Madison? I've got one in my head, but if you've got something, go ahead. I mean, I got one. It's just always kind of when you're going into this field, you're going to have to be on other people's schedules, (laughs) which I think we've all kind of dealt with. And I think that was a great experience because if I had graduated and started maybe in my own business, kind of like you guys are thinking about, and people just stopped, didn't show up, I would be upset and probably think like, oh, there goes my business. Sure. But it's just understanding where they're coming from, kind of that aspect, and then trying to refigure how can I get more people to buy in and make it to maybe 70% or 80% of my meetings. But I think that was one of the biggest things that we all had to deal with and kind of fight our way through our reactions to that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with all of that. And two, it's just trying to, again, what you said, Madison, putting yourself in their shoes to some extent, right? Just kind of understanding, you know, as a college athlete or a high school athlete or a professional athlete, doesn't matter, right? You're in the middle of summer, got some time off, you've got a meeting, you don't have anything <laughs> planned for this Thursday at one o'clock and you have a meeting planned, but you didn't have anything else planned for the rest of the day. Maybe you were working or something like that. It's very easy to kind of just misplace that, which is, mm-hmm. it's okay, right? We get that, mm-hmm. 100% get that and that's okay. Um, that's just kind of the nature of it. So uh, I would say one thing that we did, I'm not gonna use the word battle, but one of the things that we got into, I'm gonna say it, it was an opportunity to kind of work through is Zoom, right? And so yep. that's something mm-hmm. that is just, I'm gonna use the word different. I don't necessarily wanna use the word bad because I think there's a lot of advantages to using Zoom as well. And I think that's something that obviously the three of us got probably more comfortable at it and very much more sophisticated in terms of our understanding, in terms of how to use Zoom and use Zoom effectively. And, and I keep saying Zoom, but maybe it's Google Meets. Maybe yeah. it's, basically I'm just referring to online telecommunication software. How can we have a conversation with a client that is still productive and meaningful and efficient? And what can we, what value can we provide through the internet, through this, this mm-hmm. software to kind of help clients? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually grateful for that because uh, I know we have um, built into this program a lot of opportunities to work with teams. Um, and, and a lot of those opportunities are in person, whether it's in an individual consulting room uh, working with an individual athlete or whether it's with a team working in person. Um, but I do think it is powerful to kind of have that knowledge and that understanding of leveraging technology, um, to kind of reach more people, which I think could be beneficial and take it for better or worse. Mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of how a lot of things are moving, you know, with the, the speed of technology and whatnot, and just the, the very nature of the field. Be curious to see how in five years, what it kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. And I got to imagine it's just going to continue to grow, right? At some point, the, the, the consultants and athletes are going to be connected across the country. Someone in California is going to be speaking to someone in New York. Someone in Texas is going to be speaking to someone in Minnesota and to some extent. And that's kind of, I think the beauty of it. So just kind of putting on my rose colored glasses for a second here and trying to find the, <laughs> the beauty and everything. Um, but no, I, I, I do. I think it was good. Um, had a lot of valuable you know, conversations. Mm-hmm. I, I think I grew a lot this summer and I'm, I would say that you two both also grew based on, you know, the conversations that we've had and, and whatnot. So mm-hmm. super thankful for that and everything. But Josh, would you add anything, your, your sense? Um, I would definitely resonate on what with what you said about Zoom. And one thing I noticed coming back, I guess, into our program, immediately that first week, first week or two uh, back here, we're going out in the field and we're working with these teams again and individuals in person. Uh, we're going out and 
standing in this, going to soccer fields at the local high schools and delivering to teams in person again, which was different for us because we hadn't done that since last spring. But I definitely felt, like you said, you grew. I definitely felt like I grew too. I showed, When I stood in front of that team, compared to last spring, I had there was no nerves. I was more confident. Mm-hmm. I was excited. Mm-hmm. It just felt good to be back. And I don't know, there's something about being here, like physically in person, in person with someone. <laughs> yep. almost, almost destroyed the microphone. Yep. Sorry. But yes. Here, I'll fix that we got for it. it. There you go. We good. got it. Yeah, no, I like that. And it's funny you kind of bring that up too. The, as you were talking, that one thing came to my mind. It has nothing really to do with sports <laughs> psychology, but it has something to do with my first, I'm going to say like desk job at college. So I worked in the study abroad office at my undergrad. And on the very first day, sitting at the office uh, office desk, the, the telephone rang. And man, oh man, did I get freaking nervous for that phone yeah. ringing. Because it was like your first time, you know, you're in high school and everything is, you know, feel a little coddled and you yeah. go off to the real world and you got to start talking to other grownups, yeah. right? And so that phone rang for the very first time. And I just remember picking it up and like not knowing what to do. And so the person came and they wanted to just schedule an appointment. That's all they wanted mm-hmm. to do. And they gave me the time. I was like, okay. Sounds good. And I hung up the phone. I didn't get their name. I didn't get their email. I didn't get their phone number to call them back. And I got three phone calls in a row where I did the exact same thing for all of them. And at the end of it, I was like, oh, shit. I messed this up big time. So then I had to do the puppy walk of shame with the tail between my legs back into the office to just say, hey, I kind of messed this up, right? And now fast forward, let's see, that'd be what? three, four, five years later, four or five years later. And now I feel like yeah. I can get in front of a, you know, a group of a hundred people and you still get a little nervous, right? But it's not debilitating. Yeah. Like it yeah. used to be type Picturing of you at a loss of loss for words is nothing I could ever no. imagine if I'm just going to be honest, but that's, yeah, I completely relate to that. Just got to put yourself yes. in uncomfortable situations a little bit. Yeah. So it's kind of cool though, just to kind of reflect on it mm-hmm. and think like, wow, I used to be that mm-hmm. and now i feel like i'm something totally different which yeah. i guess is good and bad in some senses but um so i guess maybe transitioning back to more of like the the mental skills aspect component of it mm-hmm. i know we briefly touched on kind of like philosophy and what that kind of looks like um so i know josh and i maybe if we've touched on this on the podcast before if not we can cover it again kind of our personal philosophies again i'm more probably like a cbt i like to blend in a little bit of mindfulness in certain instances when i think mm-hmm. it's effective um, we will touch on that in a sec here for you, Josh, but Madison, just, I guess, kind of curious to hear what your take is, um, where you kind of see yourself falling on that, that spectrum of, of philosophical knowledge <laughs> is what I'm going to call it. Yeah, I definitely have to say I'm more of the CBT approach right now, getting into things. I love the CBT triangle, just the fact that our thoughts influence our behaviors and our emotions. Our emotions can influence both. It just makes a lot of sense to me in my own life and what I've seen from other people. Can you explain that for people that don't know what you're talking about? Like, just, yeah. I'm going to hold it up? Yeah, yeah. You hold it up even for people that can't uh, <laughs> see it on the thing. Just, if you're just if you listening wanna... through headphones, just yeah. draw yourself a triangle. So on each triangle, there's three sides. And so for each point, the top point would be cognitions. One of the side points is emotions. The other side is behaviors. And between those three points, there's three arrows that have arrowheads pointing to both on that side, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's a good explanation of it. Yeah, no, it is. But that just shows um, that there's a reciprocal relationship between all three of those. So say maybe you're feeling super excited, super chatty, you're going to start having those kind of thoughts too. Like, hey, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. You got this. And then that that emotion also influences your behavior. And so I'm feeling excited. So maybe I'm walking up to strangers and talking to them for 10 minutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or I'm just kind of freaking out, high-fiving people, having a good time. Mm -hmm. 
And then I'm also trying to kind of understand positive psychology as well, just because I think that we have such a huge negativity bias in the world today and just in our everyday lives. But it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a choice, but it's kind of a choice to which one you kind of point your arrow to or point your direction to. So I'm trying to get into the positive psychology side of things too and how I can incorporate that um, with my clients. Yeah, I really like that last part about the positivity about because a lot of psycho- psychology psychologists, there is kind of that negative bias. There is that negative, I guess, sort of stigma sometimes around mental health, especially in sport. Uh, obviously, there's more of a spotlight on it now as more professional athletes and big names bring a, attention to it. But yeah, positivity, uh, you know, choosing to be more positive and kind of enlighten the field of sports psychology and psychology as a whole. That's very eye-opening to me, at least. And I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, this happened within this last week. And his name's Trevor Moad. You guys yep. know who that is? or I've heard of him now. Who the guy is. So he ended up passing away um, within the last week or so here. And he was actually like the mental performance consultant that worked with Russell Wilson. Um, I think he's also had the opportunity to talk like to uh, Alabama, the football team in Alabama, mm-hmm. and the Miami Hurricanes and whatnot. So he's had some, I'd say, fairly big name clients, yeah. right? Um, so, But unfortunately, he passed away. Uh, this last week or so because of like a, a battle of cancer, like that he kind of just kept to himself and didn't really let the world know mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, where I'm going with this is he had this concept called neutral thinking. And so basically, as you guys are talking about like negative and mm-hmm. positive thinking, um, there's this idea that he kind of has put out into the world, which I think is interesting. Um, I, and I like it a lot, actually. And I think there's a place for all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So positive psychology and this concept of neutral thinking or neutral psychology or whatever you kind of want to call it. But basically his big um, philosophy or his thought or his kind of way of thinking about it and describing it is that in certain situations when shit is hitting the fan, it's kind of hard to be positive. And so what I mean by Mm -hmm. that is let's take a sport, for example. Let's say you're playing football and you're down by two touchdowns. You're the quarterback and you've thrown four interceptions this game and you're just struggling. Mm -hmm. You're having a hell of a time, right? Mm -hmm. It's In that situation, it may be harder to find the positive. And so his big thing is instead of trying to get to positive, just get to neutral, right? So the difference Mm -hmm. between negative and positive, just find that neutral point. And so basically we know that negative sucks. We know Mm -hmm. that when we say, I'm fucking terrible. This sucks. This is awful. I hate this. We know that's not going to help, but a lot of times it might be tough to say, you know, I'm a good quarterback. I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I'm a good passer. When, you know, 30 minutes ago, you just got done throwing your third interception. It might be hard in that specific Mm -hmm. instance. Mm -hmm. Um, but just again, food for thought. And I think, again, there's, we know positive psychology is huge and important and, very much so people should be engaging in those positive those positive thoughts, those positive emotions and trying to engage with that more often. But in certain situations when it's tough to do that, neutral thinking mm-hmm. might be a, a, an avenue for people to kind of think about and explore. And we could maybe go into more depth about that at a later topic. And not that everyone has to agree with me on that, um, but it's just, again, another concept that I've found very interesting and, and something that I've actually tried to implement with some of my teams and individuals mm-hmm. um, that they've kind of bought into. But have you guys ever heard of that concept before of like neutral thinking, or is that something that's kind of like totally new to you and I'm catching you off guard? The only place I've ever heard that from is you. Is from you talking about it? Oh, yeah. to me before. But yeah. Yeah. I've definitely have heard that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I really like it for, for whatever reason, too. And I don't know if it's because I'm a big Russell Wilson fan and he's, Russell Wilson has really bought into this idea. If, you, if you're if you out there and you ever Google, um, like, 
Russell Wilson neutral thinking or something like that. You can see a lot of interviews like after an actual football game and he'll be talking like, yeah, we, you know, we came down and we drove the ball 80 yards to score the touchdown. I just really tried to remain neutral this entire time. And you can actually hear these different athletes talking about just trying to find neutral. And basically neutral is this idea of feedback. You know, there's no positive, there's no negatives. It's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Take it for what it is and really focusing on the process and not kind of judging our thoughts for what they're. So maybe it's more of like a mindfulness based, you know, to, to some extent in terms of kind of how you implement it and whatnot. But anyway, just kind of interesting food for thought, um, in, in that realm. So, um, in terms of like a go-to mental skill, then if you, if an athlete walked in, you had one session with an athlete and you were like, Madison, Josh, help me. I've got one session. I've got the Super Bowl, or I've got these, the World Cup for soccer, or I've got something coming up here uh, tomorrow, and I just need some extra help. What's the one thing that you would maybe point them for? I think before we answer this, I believe this was one of the questions left on our little Q and A mm-hmm. on the Instagram store the other day. So just a quick shout out. I believe it was Carson Fields, the first year in our program oh. here, that wanted Madison to answer this question. So just wanted a quick shout out. The one shot. that I just asked? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, okay Carson. Let's okay, go. I see you. Let's go, Carson. All right, yeah. I mean, is this just one that I want to give them that's what they need in that moment? I would say, I mean, right, when you're working with an athlete, it's very individualized, right? So it's going to very much depend on the athlete and what they need the most. Um, but if there's like a go-to one that you think all athletes or a lot of athletes could really just benefit from, is there anything that comes to mind? <laughs> that's a lot of pressure right there. <laughs> I don't know. I just always love a good um, talk about values. Mm. I won't lie. That's where I've seen kind of my most individual growth in that connection is when we have a conversation about values. Because even sometimes they're having maybe negative thoughts or maybe they're having really bad performance anxiety and they don't know how to change that into fuel. But you sit them down and you like say, all right, what are you here for? What are Mm. your kind of top five values? How do you enact those? And then I've seen the aha moment and I'm like, none of my goals yeah. match my values, right? Sure. And then they start thinking, all right, so now how can I transition my goals to kind of meet my mm-hmm. values? How, what can I take away from this sport if I'm not hitting that like 90% shoot time, shooting range yeah. or mm-hmm. shooting percentage? And so I think values is always a good conversation to have, especially going into kind of the Super Bowl mm-hmm. yeah. or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. And the cool thing about values, you t- just touched on it, like do they align with your goals that you set? But you can also, I mean, if you value family, how can you incorporate that into your imagery scripts and your meditation and your mindfulness? Uh, you can pretty much take your values and use that to shape your mental kind of toolbox mm-hmm. that you have. And you can put it in, you can see it in everything you do. So, I mean, that's just the impact it has. So, yeah, values is definitely a big first one. I know personally I like to, if I was to start somewhere, I like to just start with awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like we did a lot of that this summer, just where are we now? And then we can target different mental skills and look at where we want to go from there. Yep. Um, so I like to just build that awareness because I know, Jordan, we've talked about it on here before. You can't go anywhere until you know where you are right now. Yeah. So I'd say awareness is just a big thing that I like to talk to or talk to my athletes about, especially in that first session. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd, I'd snap my fingers to that as well, right? This idea that you just said, <coughs> awareness. Um, you need to know where you need to go yeah. in, in order to achieve anything. If I had just one session though, and it was the day before, and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't have enough time. I need more time <laughs> with you to, to, to piece some things together. I'd probably lean more towards focus and mm-hmm. having a big conversation on that. And that is probably another hour conversation in and mm-hmm. of it itself. So I won't bore anybody with that. Um, that's something that we can go into <laughs> a little bit more. Um, the reason I say that is I'm just trying to be cognizant of time. Yeah. Josh, I know you got a, a big meeting. He's doing big and awesome things, everybody. <laughs> so we won't disclose what those are exactly, but he's got something going on here. So we're just going to oh, be cognizant of that. So 
Um, um, I know we should had we do the quick round though for Madison. Well, we had another question I know that was dropped by another first year oh, in our okay. program. Yeah. That okay, I think, believe Jordan has it, and I do. it was Abby Matson shared okay. this question from Madison. It should be the second one on that list. Okay. How do people, uh, how do we get people excited about sports psychology and the tools we teach? How do you do it? Honestly, how I do it is just by talking about it, being open, mm-hmm. having that open conversation about it. I'm like, okay, so I already know you're a D2 athlete. So you take, we're working with someone here at Mankato. You're a D2 athlete. You got here. That's great. You have these neat innate physical abilities you probably already have these innate mental abilities Mm -hmm. i was going to do capabilities um but what else is there any struggles is what are you trying to work on what haven't you kind of reached in your goals yet and how could i help you get there and Mm -hmm. just kind of have being open to have that conversation and also just being open just being turned down there's going to be some people that'll look at you and say don't talk Mm -hmm. to me again about whatever you (laughs) just said (laughs) and then you just have to take that with a grain of salt and keep going and just have passion for what we do like Mm -hmm. if we come at them with passion with excitement about it they're going to be like oh shit that's pretty cool and we're going to have kind of getting our foot Mm -hmm. in the door yeah going with that passion i mean obviously talking about it I think all three of us tend to bring some energy to our sessions for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, and I think that just bringing that energy is the best way just to excite them about mental skills. I had a client uh, the other day where I said, what do you need from me this year? Like, how can I help you? How can I be the best consultant for you? And he said, as long as we do what we did last year, we'll be fine. Because every time I walked out of this room, I was ready to run through a wall. Like, because <laughs> he was just full of energy and full of, he was just excited. Sure. So yeah, just bringing that energy and bringing that excitement. If we show that energy, it's going to rub off on them in some way mm-hmm. if they buy in. Because, yes, there are, pe- there are people that just say no and think we're crazy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it happens. But, yes. I think the last thing, the last layer I would add to that to put a bow on it is this idea of just being genuine, too. Because mm-hmm. everyone in some capacity kind of has a bullshit detector on them, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you if you try to fake it, like, get excited about this. But I truly don't believe it myself. Yeah. Then people are going to see right through that and be like, you're full yeah. of shit, right? <laughs> Whereas if, you know, and I think we're all in that same boat where we truly know and believe and understand this stuff and really just want to share it with other people. And so when we can couple that with energy mm-hmm. and with focus and with you know, having a conversation about it with people and really just kind of allowing them to tell their story. I think that can be super, super powerful. So, uh, should we do the quick questions? Love it. Madison. Um, so yeah, if anybody remembers from last week, if anyone tuned in last week, Jordan brought up the whole hot dog sandwich discussion that nobody, I mean, it is a sandwich. we're sick of having that conversation. I know, and I'm sure you guys didn't. We're sick of hearing uh, hearing about it by the end of the episode. Madison's been a part of lots of those arguments. <laughs> Started <laughs> lots of them. But, uh, since she's been a part of lots of those, we decided to find five or six other, you know, just thinkers, some <laughs> controversial opinions. We just wanted to hear Madison's opinion. And we're just going to go speed round here. So okay. we're, you're not actually going to give an explanation for it. And then we're just going to allow people to kind of think about this. So and yell at we me. Can I think, have, yeah, um, then afterwards we can, if we have any disagreements or any grievances to air, we'll bring them up. Okay. We probably will. But let's just speed <laughs> round this quick. Okay. All right, here you go. Ready? First one. Do straws have two holes or one? One. Was the dress white and gold or blue, blue and, black? and black? Blue and black. Interesting. <laughs> Is water wet? No. It's not wet. <laughs> if you stack one lasagna on top of another, do you have one or two pieces of lasagna? If it's in a container, two. If it's not, one. <laughs> so if it's on a plate, it's... Yeah. No, I mean, if it's just like lasagna touching lasagna, it's all yeah. big one lasagna. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> So, since tomatoes are a fruit, is ketchup a smoothie? 
<laughs> I'm gonna. I mean, technically, yeah, I think that would work. <laughs> Jeez, All right, last one. Ready for it? Yeah. Are eyebrows considered facial hair? <laughs> no. No. Okay. okay. Those are good. Okay. Those are good. We don't have enough time to get through them. We well, got to get you to your thing. Well, so. I'm just going to say I actually agreed with her on all six of those. Nice. I am shocked. That's that's, she's the first person that I think I've met here that's agreed with me about it, the is water wet thing. So See, I'll take it. Water it makes, makes things wet. Well, I'm not even going to say anything because <laughs> we do it. It's never going to end. So um, so we'll get you guys out of here. Josh, go do big, great, awesome, amazing things. Keep changing the world. Madison, same for you. Keep changing the world. Love to have you guys on. Well, Josh, I guess yep. you're always on here, but fuck. Shout out, I'll Madison. I'll be on here more. Yep, we'll I'll be on here more. On. <laughs> Just so anyone, everyone knows, I'm also about going to kick Madison's ass in fantasy football this week. We haven't talked about that yet. Just want to throw it out there. Um, but I'll give an update next week on the score. Okay, so what are you going to say when I beat you? Oh, then, I won't bring it it. <laughs> then I won't bring it up. Then I won't bring it up. I'll bring it up. Okay, good. I'll bring it up. All right. So, all right, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, uh, and we'll catch you guys next week. So take care. Perfect. Goodbye.